So we're back with Michael Gerloff. Thanks again, Michael, for uh, being on Exo News TV. More than welcome, Michael. So now you're going to tell us about what happened uh, after you were you agreed to be part of this uh, program that the captain told you about, this uh, 20 and back. And he, there were two uh, Marines there that uh, led you down an, uh, an underground route. So don't, why don't you tell us exactly what transpired? Okay. Uh, you know, again, uh, the captain told me that he would mail a, send a telegram to my family. Uh, he shook my hand and thanked me one more time. I left with the two Marines that had come into the room. We exited that room, uh, went a short distance down a hallway, and went right through a, a doorway that led down a staircase. I, I'm remembering two two sets of you know two stair two flights of stairs. We end up in a big hallway, which is obviously you know underground, and connected to that hallway is a large tunnel, an underground tunnel. And sitting there right at the mouth of that tunnel was an electric cart. And, you know, they told me, get on the cart and we're, we're going to take you to the, another place. where They explained you're going to be doing your intake, your administrative intake for this program. I got on the cart. Uh, I think I had a little nervous energy. And so I tried to kind of start a conversation with the Marine that was driving me. And it was clear he wasn't interested in having conversation with me, so I shut up. There's a place in that memory where it's a little fuzzy, and, and I can't tell you exactly how long the ride was, uh, what turns we made, or anything like that, but it culminated in him dropping me off at a location where there were already other, other personnel who were waiting outside of a door, and I joined them, and uh, we were briefed that, you know, there was another Marine out there who told us, look, once you get inside, you're going to be filling out all of the intake paperwork for what you're, you're getting ready to do. And I didn't wait very long. Uh, I was invited inside the room, and once in the room, it was just filled with commotion. There were several stations set up and several people like myself who were going through the process of filling out huge stacks of paperwork. And you had an administrative specialist who was there with you that was going to work with you through that entire process. So I go and I sit down and, and begin the process. Uh, I believe the person, there were Naval and Marine Corps personnel there both. The majority were Marine Corps uh, that I remember. I sit down with this Marine and we begin the process of, of filling out all this paperwork. I'd never seen so much paperwork before or since in my life. It, it was a, almost a ridiculous amount. Of all the paperwork that I, I signed that day, of, of all the documents that I signed, there is one part of that paperwork that stands out the most, and that was paperwork that was NASA. It was NASA paperwork. Uh, Again, reflecting back on my earlier statement that I, you know, I grew up in the 60s. I, I was fascinated with space. I remember the Mercury program and Gemini and Apollo and the fact that we had landed on the moon. That, that was an exciting thing to me. I had always been very impressed by that. And secretly, I had always thought, wow, it would be so neat to be an astronaut. But I, I never thought I'd ever have an opportunity to do that. And I remember when that NASA paperwork was laid out in front of me, 
the feeling that I had. I, w I couldn't believe it, you know, that here I am, I just joined the Marine Corps and I've been invited into this thing and I was excited and thrilled about it and in, in a little bit of disbelief. And I remember, because of my excitement, I started talking about that to this administrative specialist that was helping me. And, you know, I never would have thought in all my life that I would be signing NASA paperwork. And, again, uh, ah, that's really neat. Let, shut up and let's focus on getting all this done so we can get you out of here. I'm becoming, you know... It, I want to make sure for the listeners and, and for anyone that watches this that they understand this awakening, although I carried small a small number of memories about the, the recruitment into this from age 18 forward, it hasn't been, in, it was just the last couple years where more and more of this started coming through. The Marsgram, the discovery of that last year in May that really triggered a lot, but this is all largely a new awakening for me. And a lot of, me it's frustrating, wanting to remember more, I'm working toward that goal and doing all the things that I believe I should do to accomplish that. But there are parts of these memories that some are, are coming through just now. Uh, there are others that I seemingly don't have access to that I believe that I will. The point that I'm making is, I remember there being corporate entities represented in that paperwork. And I can say with all confidence that one of those was Lockheed. Now the others, I'm, I'm taking my time and I'm making absolutely sure that I believe with all of my heart before I say these things, I want to know in, in my higher self that, that it is true. But I can say with, with all confidence that Lockheed was represented in the paperwork that I signed that day. Uh, I would imagine that that process took between two and four hours. It's hard to remember exactly. It took a very long time. Part of that process also included a briefing and an understanding that your 20 years of service in this program will not be treated like an active duty Marine who serves 20 years, you know, in an earthly sense, that there's not going to be a retirement provided for you like it would be for someone that earns their 20 years and, and then they get their retirement. It was explained to me that after my service, there would be a helping hand extended to help me in life, to, to give me opportunities as a way of repaying uh, me for volunteering for this and because of the nature of the program and the desire to keep it secret that there would be a, a guiding hand, a helping hand that would be there to help you out. Uh, and I can say that that was true. In many ways in my life I, I have felt that I have been helped along. Some unseen presence has been there to provide opportunities for me that maybe otherwise wouldn't have been there. But back back to the, that moment. After filling out the paperwork and, and completing all that, I remember being told you're going to be transported to another location. I don't remember being told where that was going to be or how I was going to be transported. Uh, and I, you know, I got done with the paperwork and I went to 
an area where I was waiting with other people that had completed that task like myself. And it is right up to that very moment in, that, in my memories where they shut off. And the best way I can think of to describe it is it was as if I was sucked backwards through a pipe. Backwards in time, in a way. I could also say it was almost like I don't, a lot of the listeners will remember when, when we were children, we used to watch movies in school, and they were filmed. And those films, after years of use, they would break, and they would splice them, and there would be kind of a bump in the film that you could detect. And that's another way to describe it. It was like a bump in a film, and a reset, and I was sucked backwards. And I was, when I woke up, I was asleep. When, when I plugged back into my memory. I woke up in this room, back with this Marine captain. The two Marines who had escorted me out of the room earlier were there. They were standing on either side of me, slightly in front of me. We're in the same room at the same gray table. And I woke up and I realized that I had fallen asleep. Or I, I thought at first, wow, I have fallen asleep sitting here speaking with this captain. And I was horrified at the thought of that. It's disrespectful. It, you know, it, it says bad things about me. And uh, I, I didn't like that idea. And I began to apologize just profusely, you know, because I was so ashamed of myself. And I remember the captain sitting there very calmly looking at me. And he said, no, 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 don't worry about that. It's all okay. And then he went silent. And as the seconds went by, I realized that I had, I, I remembered that I had just been asked in, in, to join a space program, that I had just gone through the process of doing all that paperwork, and that now all of a sudden I'm back in this room speaking with this, these, this captain again. And I had an obvious physical reaction. I had an obvious, I was very, very disturbed by it at first, and, and I, I, could, I could tell they were watching me, and they could sense that I, you know, I was kind of freaked out, and they said nothing. About a minute went by, and they let me go through the shock of that. They let me go through the adjustments that I needed to make to calm down, and I was able to do that, and even though I remembered that he had just recruited me hours earlier into a program and that I had left and gone out and filled out all this paperwork. I didn't say anything about that because I was already doubting what is going on here? What is it? Why am I remembering this bizarre stuff and now I'm back here again? After about a minute went by I adjusted and acclimated to all of that and this captain began the conversation with me again and he went right back into telling me how impressed he was with my test scores how you know how well I was going to do in the Marine Corps you're going to have a great Marine career and then he said Michael you can go back and join your platoon and again I was confused I was shocked but I didn't have it in me to challenge the situation and go ah. You know, just a while ago, you asked me to join something. I, I didn't mention any of that. I stood up, and, you know, he directed me to leave the room, go join my platoon. I stood up, 
he, you know, as I was standing up, he reached out and shook my hand. He stood up with me. And as I was getting ready to walk away, he still had my hand. And he, he said, Michael, I will make sure that I send your family that telegram. And so here I have had two conversations about the mailing of a telegram to my family, but in very separated uh, spans of time. It, you know, we had that conversation twice, and that's how I remember that. Still very confused and shocked at what uh, all had just happened, I went out, joined my platoon, and I continued on with Marine Boot Camp and graduated in August 27th of 1978. So that day or that time with the captain is very significant because he's first walking you through a process of recruiting you into a space program. Yeah. He mentions a 20-year service date. Then you go through the process of being escorted to a location, signing paperwork, and, and then you find yourself transported back to that same room, you're sitting in the chair again with the captain and you wake up. Yes, I was asleep. You were asleep. You wake up and he gives you a minute to, and to just kind of like regroup this silence. And then, of course, uh, does as you, as you said. So that's very suggestive that he knows enough about people who are recruited into this program that when they're coming back, that you know, they need a little bit of time to resettle that, you know, something profound has happened. Yes. Um, and that uh, he's, his role is, is to just kind of facilitate the process whereby whatever it was you did and in that covert program and whatever process was used on you to get you back to that same time after, you know, if, if it involves space and 20 years, as he said, you know, this is quite an incredible thing um, for any young Marine captain that this person that he first sent off with the two, uh, two Marines and then come back has just done a 20-year and back program. That knowing what I know now and recovering more of the memories that I've recovered over the last couple of years, it is obvious to me that that, that is what, or I believe that is what occurred there, Michael. I've, I've come to accept that I was taken back to that room that I was placed in that chair and that I was, they sat there and waited for me to wake up and give me the room to adjust, give me the, the space to go through those thoughts and, and, and the adjustments that I needed to make. And they sat there the whole time with stoic looks on their faces, facilitating that for me. And once I calmed down, they, they went, it was as if they were playing roles. In, in an odd sense. It was as if they were acting and playing a role. And uh, i got to give them credit. They did that well. Well, there are several memories that you have of uh, the time you spent in this program, in yeah. this space program. Um, but I want to basically get you to start off by just talking about the, the one uh, distinctive set of memories in terms of you being an intelligence officer. Um, eventually finishing uh, as an intelligence officer in this space program that you had been recruited into. Yes. So can you tell us what memories you have of being an intelligence officer with the secret space program? Those memories, my sense is that 
I went into that role towards the end of my service in that program. The intelligence officer aspect of this relates to the at a later time in life, at a later time in our history, there was going to be a time where this information about these programs, the fact that, that we are out in space and that we are off planet and all of these technologies and all these things exist, that there was going to be a moment when it was going to be really important and necessary that this be divulged to the world, not, not just America, but to the world. And that my role in, in regard to this was going to, to remain uh, quiet, go through life, live my life, and there was going to be a moment where it would become obvious. I would begin to wake up. I would see things that would help trigger my awakening. And the intelligence officer aspect of it relates to the idea that it goes all the way back to Dwight David Eisenhower. The idea being that when President Eisenhower took office, I believe that would have been 1954 two. or two. 52. 52. When he took office, I believe the events of World War II, discoveries about a presence and technologies that were actually in the airspace in Europe when we were fighting that war, other things that had occurred, Roswell, various other things. I think it had become clear that there was a presence here on the planet. And that along the way, it is possible that a secret government, so to speak, had come into being surrounding all the secrecy, surrounding the military-industrial complex. And that they, in some way, we had lost control of that. And in a sense, there was a secret government operating behind the scenes. I believe Eisenhower and the good men and women that were of like mind, who did not want to lose their souls, who did, who did not want to see this occur, but realized it was kind of already too late on some level. My, my memories as an intelligence officer, the briefings that I attended, the things that I learned was that there was a plan put in place and it was going to be a very long-term plan and it much further down the road into our future where this information was going to be brought out and that was going to be a big part of my role. Now to say I'm an intelligence officer, do I believe that through my life I've worked in some capacity in the 3D earthly sense? I can't say that, but I believe, I know, I don't believe, I know that I am duty bound to do what I'm doing right now. I agreed to do it. I took an oath to do this and that my role is to come forward and to substantiate what other people have already laid out before me and to assist with this effort and to make sure that this information starts coming out. I hope I'm answering your, your question, Michael. Yes, you have. As, as far as this time is concerned, uh, today, the day of taping, October 8 of 2017, uh, we're at a point where uh, the issue of North Korea has appears to have reached the crisis point. President Trump has said 
um, that uh, this is the calm before the storm, uh, that there's no other option available, um, hinting at a military intervention against uh, North Korea. Now, um, in terms of this period of time, you know, what makes this period so special for, for you coming forward and for the secret space program's uh, existence being revealed? Well, there, there are multiple facets to that. Uh, and I'll get to the North Korea part of that in a moment. But my memories of the briefings, my memories of being prepared to be released, to come back to this life and continue on, very clear, it was made very clear to me that there were going to be signs, there were going to be events that occurred that would possibly be part of the triggers that would help wake me up. I believe some of that is just the mere fact that we are entering into higher energies and in our the, the the cycle of our, our solar system and our galaxy. I don't want to get too far off into that, but I believe that's real. I believe we're experiencing higher energies that are they're affecting many people, and many people are awakening. Earth changes would be a part of of what would be obvious, uh, you know, as far as the timing of this awakening. And it's it's very obvious to me. the The weather on the planet is changing very much. The seismic activity. There are a lot of things going on that are very unusual compared to the past. So the Earth changes were a part of that. But one big big part, one thing that's important to share with everyone. This, this effort, it kind of began right after the time of the, the Korean War. Uh, I believe it was discovered that, I don't believe it, I know it, it was discovered that a lot of our intelligence was being shared during the Korean War and that cost the lives of many American personnel and other innocent people. The briefings that I attended made it clear that another sign that, that, that you could look at that, that would help with your awakening is the issue of North Korea would come back full circle. That North Korea would become uncontrollable, far more dangerous. Uh, the world community would develop huge concern about how are we going to control a nation that now has nuclear weapons and is again rattling the saber and being more aggressive and, and, and more right up in your face with uh, their behavior and that that would be another sign that that would help let me know it is time to wake up and come forward with this. So that's uh, very interesting that uh, President Eisenhower who was elected uh, during the Korean crisis and actually the crisis was ended uh, under him, or at least the, the armistice yes. was declared under Eisenhower, that at that time uh, you have the genesis of this uh, space program that the Navy was running, or, or at least planning, yes. um, that the Marine Corps was nominated by Eisenhower to play a special role um, in, in this future program. Yes. and that uh, North Korea uh, was a hot issue then and is, as you said, it, now we've come at the full circle and appears to be an issue now which may result in some of these space assets being revealed. That's a possibility. I, I cannot speak directly to the idea that, you know, disclosure could occur through the use of these technologies to 
to deal with North Korea. That my memories aren't they're not available to me in that regard. You know, you asked earlier about the idea of uh, you know the concept of me being an, an intelligence officer and what that may mean. I do want to make it clear that. Uh, there are some other whistleblowers out there that have mentioned the, the potential of the existence of an organization known as the Marine Corps Special Section. I want to make it clear that my memories don't my memories don't include that. I may discover later that they do, but uh, do I think I'm part of a possibly a, a special not special but a group of people that were put together to deal with this issue? Yes, I do, but I can't put a name on that. I wish I could, but I can't do that. What What did you ask me right before that? I'm so, I got kind of lost there. No, that's that's fine. Okay. Uh, so okay. what we're going to do now is uh, we'll, we'll take a break and we'll come back and pick up with uh, your background and, and what it was about your personal background that made you a person of interest uh, to people running the, this covert service and why you were recruited into that. Very good. So, so thanks for, for answering the questions uh, for, for, so far. My pleasure, Michael.